For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori D. Simone. I'm your host, Tori D. Simone, and we are somewhere different. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, which you should, I've been uploading all these um, videos or and episodes, I guess I should say, up onto the Manifest with Tori D. Simone YouTube channel. Um, and also on Instagram, which by the way, the Manifest with Tori D. Simone Instagram is popping off lately. And I feel like this past week, so Many of you guys have been sharing the podcast on your stories and just everywhere. And it really helps the show so much. Like you guys don't even know. So it's just amazing to see. But anyway, if you guys are watching this on YouTube or on Instagram, then you will see that I'm somewhere different. I'm not at home. Um, and this is not the manifest studio, which I know I keep saying like, oh, I'm building it. I'm building it. I really am. I'm just looking for the right pieces of furniture to buy and the right vibe to curate. But in the meantime, this is like what we're dealing with. It's either our home offices or this makeshift setup. And I think this is much prettier than my home office, I will say. And that's thanks to um, Leslie. And Leslie is the owner of this Airbnb. And I am in Idaho. Yes. Um, I'm in Idaho. And if you guys are listeners of the show, then you know that I have family that lives in Idaho. My sister lives in Idaho. Oh my gosh, it's snowing. Mom, do you see that? It's snowing. Yeah, it is. Yep. Very cute. That's a cozy vibe for today's episode. So I'm in Idaho, obviously with my mom, because I just talked to her. Um, but I'm in Idaho because my sister lives here, my grandma lives here, and then my mom's side of the family, like her brother, and which is also my uncle, and then my aunt, and my cousins live out here too. Um, it's really crazy because we are all from PA originally, and um, everyone just sort of moved on west and landed in Idaho. And it's not because of one another either, like my aunt and uncle and cousins first came out here because of my uncle's job. And then randomly my sister came out here for college and just never left. And then my grandma just also randomly came out here, um, about two years ago now at this point. So we're just out here visiting, um, change of scenery. It's been really, really great. 
it was snowing the last couple of days. Well, yesterday it was snowing. Now it's flaring again a little bit. Um, yeah, but it's really nice to be out here. And I feel like I never book spontaneous trips that involve any sort of air travel because I've been a really anxious flyer for the past few years. And like lately, I'd say in the past two years, especially, I've been really annoyed with it. And I just really want to be over it because it definitely holds me back in life. Like a couple weeks ago, I had um, a chance to like fly out to California to go see my grandma out in California. And I didn't go one because it was just like a really short trip and it was kind of tough with like timing of that week and stuff. But the main reason that I didn't want to go was because I would have to fly there and I just didn't want to do that long of a flight. And then this week when I spontaneously booked Idaho, it was pre- it's like pretty much the same flight amount of time. It's six hours. Um, and for some reason I just booked this one and wanted to do this one. But when I got on the flight to come here, I was just so like, I'm so over feeling anxious about traveling. And I just really don't want to feel like that anymore. Like I want to be able to like go on vacations and go like do more things that involve airfare. Like even if I wanted to like go to Nashville with my friends, I would always be like, oh, but I don't want to do the flight. Or like if I was cold and I wanted to go down to Florida, it's like, oh, but I don't want to do the flight. So like it was just really starting to hold me back a lot in life. And I was just really over it. Like it's just, I'm tired of feeling anxious about it. And I'm really proud to say that this last flight that I did um, to come to Idaho, I felt really, really good. Um, it was the first flight in like six years, I'd say that I wasn't like any form of medicated. Um, normally I would take like anti-anxiety meds, but this time I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Like I feel really good. And I wasn't that anxious the Monday before. So I flew out on a Tuesday the Monday before, like the day before I was really, really anxious before. And I think I was just working myself up a lot. And then when I woke up in the morning, I felt really good. And I just kept like on that mentality and I had two flights and I didn't have to take any sort of anti-anxiety meds for either flight. And I just wasn't worried. I really feel like I had zero anxiety. I felt really good. I felt really calm and I actually felt safe, which is really crazy and something I haven't been able to say in a really long time. And I can like confidently say all of that, which I think is really, um, it's a big step for me and I'm really proud of myself. Um, and I think it took time, but also my decision to just not stress over the flights. Um, I've learned throughout the years that air travel is really safe and, you know, everyone tells you that, but anxiety doesn't make sense and we can always put logic to things, but anxiety will always find like the worst case scenario. And you convince yourself that like the worst case scenario is the reality, even though that's not the case. And like when you're not anxious, you're able to look back on situations and be like, well, that just wouldn't make sense. But in the moment, it's the only thing that makes sense. So I've always been able to like, you know, people always say like, oh, it's the safest form of travel. You have like a worse chance of getting in a car accident on the way to the airport than you do anything bad going on in the air. And it's like, that's all great. But when you're up in the air and you're an an anxious flyer, all that stuff just goes out the window. So I feel like over the past couple of years, I've just been kind of like collecting data, if you will, in my mind of just all these things that I've picked up throughout the years about how safe air travel is. Um, there's also this one pilot that I follow on Instagram. Her at is at captain Morgan. And one time she was answering questions about flying and someone asked like, should I be worried of turbulence? And her answer was yes. If you have a hot cup of coffee without a lid open on your lap, other than that, you're good. And it was just like, it was a funny answer. But it also really calmed me down for some reason because it really is like nothing to worry about. Like every single flight that I've ever been on for the past, I don't even know, like I feel like this started like eight years ago or something. Since then, I've been so nervous for every single flight and every single flight has been perfectly fine, whether I've had turbulence or not. Like every single flight has landed safely. It's been smoothly like and I can stress myself out about it all I want, but the outcome is always the same and it's always that I get to where I need to be. So why stress myself out on the flight in the meantime? So I felt really good this flight and I just was really tired of being anxious. So I kind of decided to just be calm and trust how safe air travel is. And I really feel like the weight of the world was just kind of lifted off my shoulders. Um, 
I feel like I can finally travel again and go places. Like I do just feel really good. Now getting home is like another story. I hope I still feel this way getting home, but flying here, I feel really good. Um, and I'm just happy to be in Idaho, happy to travel again. And I feel like I can do it really safely. And I want to continue on with the narrative of, I used to be afraid of flying, but not anymore. And that's like really, um, empowering to say, and it just feels really good to say. So I wanted to mention that because I know a lot of people also have flight anxiety and are fearful of flying. Um, I think this statistic is like one in five people. So, I know a lot of people feel like that and you see all these influencers that just like jet set everywhere. And if you're anything like me, you always are like, I wish I could do that. Or how do they do that? Um, and just know that it's kind of a choice at the end of the day. And I chose to just not be anxious about it anymore. Speaking of flying, um, on the flight, I started reading Never Lie by Frida McFadden. I just love her books and the way that she writes. Um, I got to about 60% through it and I'll definitely finish it on this trip. Like by the time this upload video gets up an episode gets up, like I'll probably be done the book. Um, and I'll put it on my Instagram under my book highlight of like my thoughts and stuff. Um, but I'm really, really loving it. I think next I'm going to read the inmate, which is also by Frida. I downloaded them both on my Kindle for, um, the flight and for this trip. And I just like really like her writing. I also read the house made by her and that was really good. I just like that her writing is really fast paced. Like she gets to the point pretty quickly and her writing is very engaging and it's very twisty and very turny the whole way. Like you think you have it figured out and then you don't. And she's just really good at writing. So I really like her books. And if you are into like thriller, true crime, I think you would also really like her books, Freedom McFadden. Um, I've also been running a lot while I'm here, which has been really nice. It's been really great to run with views such as the mountains. Um, I was talking to my mom about this and we were like, it's just so great walking and running and having like views to look at because in PA, you know, like I run on the trails and stuff and it's so nice. And like, yeah, there's definitely parts of the trail that are really pretty to look at, but there's something about like looking at mountains or running along the beach that is just like so therapeutic almost and really amazing. So I have been really loving running and getting some mountain views in during my runs. Um, yesterday I actually ran for the first time ever in snow and it's really funny because, um, I'm in Boise, Idaho and, um, I only ran for 45 minutes yesterday, but my run started with snow on the ground. And then by the end of it, there was no snow. It was gone in Pennsylvania. I find that the snow like really lingers and it's very icy and it's like, honestly so annoying because it snows and then it stays around for like a month. And then it just turns like to this gross gray, sludge of snow. It's like disgusting. It's like not pretty snow. But here, my sister always said that like there were never, there aren't snow plows here. And I never really like believed her until yesterday. I saw someone with a leaf blower blowing snow on the sidewalks and like, that's just how they get rid of snow. And then it just melts. Like it's so different here than it is back at home. So I thought that was kind of funny that I literally went for a 45 minute run and I had two different climates in the beginning of my run and then at the end of the run. And it was really funny. Um, so yeah, while I'm here, I'm just here to see family. I'm just working as normal and then I'm going to head home on Sunday. So when you guys are listening to this, I'm actually already back in PA and, uh, my trip to Idaho was great. Um, I also just want to take a quick second to thank you guys, um, for all the love and shares of the manifest podcast. I kind of talked about this a couple minutes ago, but I really feel like since the refresh and like getting a new, um, podcast cover and description, all that sort of stuff. So many of you guys were sharing the podcast last week on your stories. You guys were rating it. The ratings went up a lot last week and I really can't thank you enough. It helps the show so much. And just from one week of ratings and sharings, I see so much growth in the show just from one week. So keep it up, keep sharing it, text it to your friends, put it up on your story, rate the podcast five stars, wherever you guys are listening to it. It just helps the show so much. And it just adds a lot of, um, a lot of value to the show and it just really helps it. So I really appreciate it. Um, I also have some really awesome local guests coming on in the next few months that will add a lot of value to the show. And these guests are ones that really align with everything that we talk about on manifest. I've explained in the past that like, I don't love podcasts that are just all about guests and all these experts that come on because a lot of the times it's very, um, these experts like they contradict one another all the time. So it's like, okay, one week I'm hearing this and the next week I'm hearing 
the exact opposite from experts in the same field. Do you know what I mean? But it's also like if I'm listening to um, like Jay Shetty, for example, if I'm listening to his podcast, I really want to hear about him and his philosophy on things and like his life. But when you only bring on experts and it's like they these experts talk to Jay about their expertise, it's like, well, if I wanted to listen to them, I'd listen to their podcast. Like I want to listen to the host and what the host has to say. And that's how I feel with a lot of podcasts. Like I, t- I tend to always like solo episodes more than episodes with guests, but there are some things and like some themes of the show that I definitely want to bring on that I want people that re- that I know really are experts and have devoted a lot of time and passionate energy into certain topics. And I want to bring those people onto the show that really align with one, what we talk about here on Manifest, but two, are local. So people, like they're not going on like a podcast press tour or they're not promoting like a book or their own podcast. Like they're really just here to talk about things that they're really knowledgeable in. And that's the kind of value that I want to bring to manifest. So don't worry. Most of my shows will always remain solo episodes. Um, but I do have a couple guests that I'm really excited to bring on in the next couple of months that I think you guys are also going to really, really like. Um, okay. I think that's all that I wanted to catch you guys up on before we get into today's topic. And I'm really excited to talk about today's topic. Um, today we're going to be talking about maximizing the 24 hours in your day. And this is something that I was actually just talking to my mom about this morning. And we've been talking about it the last couple of days as well. Um, but I found that I've been talking about this one with my mom, but also with a lot of my friends and, um, I, when I went on a retreat a couple weeks ago that I was talking about, this was also coming up a lot in the retreat. And I just feel like it's a theme that keeps coming up. And also ever since I launched the manifest planner, this has really been coming up, um, a lot of how to structure your day to really maximize your time, be very efficient with your day and get the things that really matter done. And I feel like over the past couple of years, Since 2020, I read this book called The One Thing, and that book really put a lot into perspective when it comes to productivity and moving the needle of your life slash career in the right direction. So ever since then, I've been really trying to implement techniques that I learned in that book to maximize my days, maximize my career, and like get shit done, for lack of a better term. Um, So over the past two, oh my God. COVID was, wait, it's March three years ago. Oh my God. That is like really scary. Okay. The last three years, um, I've been trying out new routines, different day structures, and I feel like I've gotten into a really good rhythm without trying to like, sometimes I will intentionally set routines or daily structures and I try to follow it and it doesn't always work. But this structure that I'm going to explain in a little bit, I found to really work and has stuck with me without having to try. And it's a conversation that I have with friends, like I said, talking to my mom about it today. Um, And it just seems to work and it kind of gets everything done that you want to get done. Um, So today I want to talk about the template for a balanced day. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern-day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want to sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes, um, 
lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about Indeed is that whenever I'm looking for a candidate, I put it out on Indeed and instantly I get matched with exactly what I'm looking for. So I don't really have to waste time like scrolling through resumes or anything like that to make sure that they're what I'm looking for. Every resume that I do look for has exactly the qualifications that I need. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to Indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's first begin with the word balance. I will preface this by saying that there will be next to no balance in a balanced day. Um, and inevitably, some things will have to be pushed to the side in order to get the things that matter done. Um, I'm reading this book right now, or I should say I'm like listening to it on audiobook. Um, and it's called 4,000 Weeks, and it's a book on productivity. And there were definitely a few things that stood out to me in the book. Um, one of them is funny. And the author said, being busy is like being a vegan. Everyone will let you know how busy they are. And I thought that was really funny because I was once um, a plant-based eater and I made sure everyone and their mother knew about that. So I thought that was funny, um, but it's true. Everyone is busy. And I find that Everyone makes sure everyone knows how busy we are. But busy is a very relative term and no two people's busies look alike. My busy consists of podcasting, running the planner company, running and teaching stride um, running and teaching at Stride Phoenixville and Sea Isle, training for a marathon, being a girlfriend, being a friend, being a daughter, being a sister, and trying to find hobbies on top of just like living life. You know what I mean? But you're busy, could be working your nine to five and then looking for your first apartment. Maybe you're dating, going on dates, being a spin class junkie. Another busy could be a stay at home mom to three kids and managing a household while interviewing for a part time job since your youngest is starting kindergarten in the fall. What I'm getting at is that one busy is not better than the other, but everyone is busy in their own sense. And I think we can all agree that while we are busy, there are big things in our days and then there are small things in our days. And the big things 
most of the time take up more of our time. And those big things are the things that move the needle of our life in the right direction. So that direction of progress to where we level up in our careers, or if we um, you know, want to get pregnant, start a family, get married, or we want to sit down and write a book that we've always dreamed about, or we sign up for a 200-hour yoga teacher training, etc. Those big things tend to define who we are. And then we have the small things. And the small things feel equally as important because they just have to get done. And it's things like laundry and paying rent or paying the mortgage, going grocery shopping, sending invoices, meeting up with friends and family for lunches or dinners or getting on meetings and calls with our coworkers and employers. Like all these small things are without a doubt important. But if I asked you a week ago, what small things did you accomplish last Tuesday? You probably wouldn't remember what they were off the top of your head unless you like went back and looked at a to-do list that you had. And that's because all these things, while important in the moment, are small, but they're important. And I think I fall victim to this all the time where I begin thinking in the beginning of my day, thinking like, well, if I get the small stuff done first, then I can just get them all out of the way and then I can move on to the big things, the big things that actually matter. But what ends up happening 99% of the time is that if I get done all the small things, I find more small things just keep coming and coming and coming. And it's like this never ending to-do list of small things that just keep stacking up and building up. Or even worse, if like God willing, one day all the small things of the to-do list does eventually end, I find that I don't have the creativity, the energy, or just like honestly the willpower to do the big things that actually matter, the things that will move my life in the direction that I want to take it. I don't have the time or the energy to do them anymore. So what I'm getting at is that if we only ever do the small things, we are always going to remain in cruise control for the rest of our life. And to move the needle in the right direction that we want to go in our lives, we sometimes need to sacrifice the small things and focus on the big things. The author of 4,000 Weeks put this into a really great analogy that made a lot of sense to me. And it's that when we get paid, the first thing that we do or should do, um, and I do this, which it's definitely not fun, but it's absolutely necessary, is to pay yourself first, meaning the bills. Like when I get paid, I put 10% in my savings, 25% in my tax savings, and then pay rent, pay utilities, and pay any other expenses such as like a car payment or a credit card bill. And then whatever is left, I can do whatever I want with it since everything else is paid for. So like that $5 latte I can buy with absolutely no guilt because everything else is paid for and all covered for. Time in your to-do list should kind of be like paying yourself first. Start with the big things. And when that is all said and done, then you can start to knock out the little things that are important and need to get done but they won't progress you in your life. Like, yes, we can all agree that getting groceries is important, but is getting groceries going to progress your life in any way? Should it be prioritized first over sitting down for two hours to write the chapter of your book that you've always wanted to write? Like, yes, it's important to jump on a call with your mentor at work, but will that call progress your future anymore? Will that progress your career anymore? So to start this, I want you to determine the big things that are really important to you and then the small things that like inevitably you have to do. And I want you to separate those things into two lists. Um, And if you have like a really big idea that you're working through, I'm going to plug really quick the manifest worksheets. It's amazing. That is um, the system that I created for the beginning pages of the manifest planner. These help with ideas so much because it helps you really figure out any ideas that you're working through and make these huge, almost what feels like unattainable ideas into something that is realistic, bite-sized and doable. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. So once you have your two lists of big things that you want to get done and small things that inevitably are important and you have to get done, but won't progress your life like further in the next direction, you're then ready to go. So once those two lists are determined, I now want you to be okay with the uncomfortable and the uncomfortable is that not everything is going to get done and that is okay. The little things from time to time will inevitably suffer. And like, that's just life. You can't be a hundred percent perfectly productive every single day of your life. And that's just going to have to be okay. Like going to the grocery store is a small thing and it's important, but is it really the worst thing in the world? If you save your time and order your groceries to you rather than drive to the store, shop, drive home, and then put it all away. If it's going to save you time and it gets the job done, choose the efficient route. If you have 20 admin tasks to do that are all important, like pay rent or email the landlord or, you know, whatever, like email so-and-so, like all these little tasks that are important that have to get done, can you save them all for maybe like a Thursday afternoon and just get them all done in an hour rather than a few each day? Yes, they're important and they will get done, but maybe they won't get done today. And that's just going to have to be okay. At first, this concept was really uncomfortable and really unnatural for me because I always wanted, I just wanted to like check things off my to-do list. I just wanted to get everything done. But over time I found one that I wasn't getting anything done that was actually important to progressing my career and accomplishing things that like I would be proud of. Like if I just did all these small things all the time, I would not prioritize training for a marathon and then I'd probably never run a marathon and I want to run a marathon. So over time, it gets easier to say to yourself, I can't get to this small task right now, but I will get to it later. And I'll explain it in a bit, like how I do that and how I don't stress myself out over not getting the small stuff done. But it will get easier over time to just be like, I'll get to it later. So let's get into structuring the day and what I found through trial and error has worked best for me and has allowed me to make really big moves and get most of the small stuff done as well. So each week when I plan, I determine my big goals for the week. So um, this I work through in my digital manifest planner. The manifest planner is very, very goal oriented. And this has been the system that I've been using for years. Um, And I just recently put them into PDFs and then available for sale on themanifestplanner.com. So if you guys want to follow the exact system that I use and the exact like thought process of my brain, I'll have it linked down below. I have a hard copy and a digital copy. I will say the digital copy is much more detailed and it's instant download. The physical copy is huge. It's thick. It's like a Bible. Um, and it's a little more shorthanded. So it's just up to what you think you'll vibe with more, but I love them both and they all do the same thing. So I use the manifest planner because it's very goal oriented and it focuses really on having purpose in every day, whether your purpose of the day is like life changing, or if it's literally just sitting on the couch doing nothing, it has purpose. So I start by determining some big goals for the week, such as I want to collectively run 16 miles this week, or I want to get the manifest planner physicals on Amazon, or I want to hire staff for Stride Sea Isle. Like those are big goals that will get me closer to where I want to be in fitness or in the manifest planner career, or when it comes to opening up Stride Sea Isle for another season. 
Then I formulate a to-do list of small things that I need to get done this week. Things such as the content calendar for both of the studios, playlists for spin classes, ordering groceries to eat for the week, laundry to wash and fold and put away, emailing my designer for thumbnail revisions, or you know, all these small things that are very important and need to get done. But if my life was just doing these small things all day, every day, I wouldn't accomplish anything that I want to do in my life that would feel fulfilling for me, such as running a marathon or opening Stride CL for another season or growing my planner company. Like, do you see what I mean? If I only was ever doing the small stuff, I wouldn't be progressing. And you would just stay like in the hamster wheel cycle of life, doing the small things that get you nowhere, but you always feel busy doing nothing. And that's not a fun way to live. So it starts with planning your weekly goals. And then this is the daily structure. And this is the fun part of the episode. So there are 16 steps to this. Sounds like a lot, but when I break it down, it's really not. So number one, when I wake up, I wake up and I journal. The concept of journaling has been a really hot topic lately, and maybe it's just because it's a word that we're using a lot more. We're very familiar with it nowadays. I feel like wellness has really brought journaling kind of back into the equation, Um, but it's a conversation that I've been having with a lot of people lately. I think the term journaling scares a lot of people because we tend to associate it with diaries and like our deepest, darkest secrets. And like we see all the time in like rom-coms where the moms will read the daughter's diary. Now they know all their deep, dark secrets and like that's great if that's how you want your journal to be, but it doesn't have to be like that. For me, journaling is simply emptying my brain. When I wake up, I tend to have a lot on my mind and it all feels so equally important. Things such as I need to run, I need to pay my rent today, I should text this person about this, I don't want to forget to email my landlord about this, I'm feeling anxious about this. And like all of these things feel really, really big and really, really important to me in the moment when I wake up. And if I acted on all of those things, all of those small things, I should say, if I acted on every single one of those small things the moment I woke up, I would be in fight or flight all day long. And I definitely would not think clearly about each task. And I would put all of my energy into these small things that tend to be anxious morning thoughts. And then I would have no time for all the big things in my life. And then I would just constantly stay in the hamster wheel of doing important nothings. So what do I do? I journal about these thoughts. I empty my brain of all of my thoughts and I write everything down. Some days it looks like a list where I write down all the things that I have to do that day, big or small. It doesn't matter. I just empty my brain or sometimes I'll write like how I'm feeling or I'm, I'll write like what excites me for the day. Um, maybe I have nothing to write and my whole journal passage is I feel great. I have nothing to say today. And then I close my journal and that's, that's my passage for the day. But I always empty my brain first thing in the morning and it is such a relief. From here, I just feel really clear and like I have direction on my day. And once I wrote everything down, I'm then able to go back and revisit that later and be like, hmm, I don't feel the same way that I felt when I first woke up this morning. Like I'm not anxious about this thing anymore. I can actually schedule to email my landlord tomorrow. Like I don't need to do it today. Things like that. Like I'm able to review my journal passages with a clear head later or nine times out of 10, I forget about a lot of the stuff that I wrote about and I don't even need to revisit it later because it's not as big as as a deal as it felt in that moment, which is crazy that that happens a lot, but it does. So once my brain is emptied, I just feel so much relief. I take a deep breath and then I begin my day after I journaled slash emptied my brain. So that's step one, wake up and journal. Step two, then I go to the bathroom. So like I literally wake up, journal, and then I get out of bed. So in the bathroom, I do the basic hygiene things, you know, brush your teeth, wash your face. Washing my face is such a great signal to start my day. Even if like I don't want to use face wash in the morning, which I don't always, just water and moisturizer feels really good. So that's number two. Number three is I change and I change into running or workout clothes. For me right now, in my season of life, exercise is really important and I'm training for a marathon, which is one of my big things. So any form of workout that I'm currently doing, such as running, Pilates, yoga, and spin are all serving a greater purpose for me, which is my marathon training. So working out first thing in the morning is big for me. If I woke up and I didn't journal and I just began all the small things, I would hundred percent skip my workout. And I can confidently say that because I have done that a couple of times since marathon training. And I'm like, Oh, I'll just do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And I never do it. 
So I can talk a big game, but I still do all these things too. So I have to do it first thing in the morning or like I just simply won't get it done. I just don't really have the motivation later to do it in the day and that's fine. I recognize that and I just now do it in the morning. So working out first thing in the morning is like paying myself first. It's still early that I'm not needed for work things and I can take the time to fill my own cup and check something off that will progress me to where I want to be in my life. Things that feel important such as like emailing my landlord while it's important will not progress my life. Put it into perspective. So that's number three, change. Number four is I work out. This goes back to what I was saying um, above where working out is a big part of my life right now because of the marathon training. Um, So this is where I will work out. Number five is present myself. I changed this from the term getting ready to present myself and I like it a lot more. I feel as though I used to view getting ready as like a big waste of time because when I would just like get to work and get started, I'm like, why do I need to put makeup on? Like, why do I need to do my hair? Why do I want to put on an outfit? Like, it just doesn't really make sense to me. I can just be more efficient, not do it. No one really sees me during the day. So like, what's the point of getting ready? But then I would realize on the days that I did get ready, I just wanted to do more. Like I wanted to go to happy hours with my friends these days, non-alcoholic, of course. Um, I wanted to work better during the day. I was like more outgoing. I was open to like doing more spontaneous things. I felt better. I worked better. Like the list just goes on and on. Plus I just felt like I had my shit together. So now instead of getting ready, I say I present myself to the universe and it's kind of just like our thoughts and our words. They all mean something like what we think we send out to the universe, what we speak turns into our reality. So how we present ourselves has to inevitably say something too. Do I want to present myself as someone who just doesn't care about my appearance and looks like a slob all day, but I'm trying to build a fabulous life? Or do I want to present myself as someone who is fabulous while building a fabulous life? It just sort of makes sense. You know what I mean? So the effort that I put into myself is how I want to present myself to the universe. So that's number five. Number six is I eat breakfast. Taking the time to nourish myself is really important and I really love to eat and I love breakfast food. So I really do enjoy having breakfast each morning and um, I love doing this. It feels good and it really doesn't take as long as I think. Like, I don't know why I used to think breakfast was like a 30 minute ordeal. It's not. It literally takes like 10 minutes to like make it is like three minutes and then to eat it is like five. Like it does not take a long time to have a good breakfast. And uh, it sets me on the right path for the day. Feeling good, thinking clear, big on breakfast. So that's number six. Number seven, now we do the big thing, the one thing. I recommend to read the book, The One Thing. It is an amazing book and it talks about doing the one thing that will progress your life in the direction that you want to go in. I have an episode all about this. It's like way back in 2020, which is three years ago. Um, So if you guys want to check out that episode, I will link it down below. But essentially, this is the time of morning when I do the one thing, the big thing. So I block off bouts. So all day, you guys will see I have bouts of work. So this is bout number one. I block off 90 to 120 minutes each morning to do the one thing that will progress my career. So on Thursdays, for example, it's recording the podcast. This is a big thing that will progress my career. If I spent today doing all the small tasks that are important, but if I did today doing only small tasks and I ran out of time to podcast, well, then I wouldn't really have a career to progress. I wouldn't have small, important tasks to do, would I? I recommend reading the book, The One Thing, like I said, because it really deeply explains this and it resonated really well with me. And the one thing can be different every day, but do one thing every single day that is absolutely the most important task that takes the most brain power and will progress whatever it is that's most important to you, whether it's your career, your family, your lifestyle, your household, whatever it is, do the one thing that is the most important, the first bout of work in your day. And I say work loosely. I just say work because it resonates with me. But if you're a student and that means like class or homework or writing an assignment, or if you don't work and um, you just have like a passion project that you're working on, or you're a stay-at-home mom, like do something that will progress your family's life or whatever it might be. I'm just using the term work because that's what resonates with me, but use what resonates for you. So focus on the big things such as writing chapters in your book or creating spreads for the manifest planner or recording a podcast episode, creating a business plan, etc. Anything that will progress your life. 
Put your phone on do not disturb and block out the world for 90 to 120 minutes. Then after that, set a timer. When you are done, when that timer goes off, take a break. Stop. Whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing, even if you're in the middle of a flow. If you feel like you're in the middle of a workflow and you're being really productive, still take that break because it's going to be so much easier to just get right back into the flow. So take a break, go for a quick walk, call a friend, read a book, journal, do something that is stimulating, but not work related. Don't answer texts, don't answer emails. Like you don't need to be responding to anyone else's to-do list at this time, other than the one thing that is the most important to you. After a break, I would say like a 10 to 20 minute break is good. Um, If you feel like you need a 30 minute break, take a 30 minute break. If you need a five minute break, take a five minute break, but anywhere from like 10 to 20 minutes is good. So that's number eight, take a break. Number nine, begin bout number two of work. So again, another 90 to 120 minutes. And this can be either the one thing, so the same task that you were working on previously that you can continue into this bout of work, or you might be done your one thing, and now you can begin the small stuff. I think you'll be surprised at how productive 90 to 120 minutes of uninterrupted work of something really important can can be and how productive it is. You might not need all day to get something done. You might only need two hours of your entire day to get something done and really like move mountains in those two, two hours. So bout number two, it's up to you. You can either do the one thing again, or you can begin the small stuff. And if all these small things feel really important, then like, great, this is your time to do all the small, really important things. Okay. That was step number nine. Step number 10. Now you take a lunch break. Have this be 30 to 45 minutes. Um, Eat lunch, go for like another quick walk if you want. Maybe do some movement at home. Stretching is always nice. There's a girl who I watch on Instagram and she posts like spend my hour lunch break with me and like I'm obsessed with those videos. Like she'll do like a Peloton class and then she showers and then she eats lunch and like she changes. Like she does like the whole like nine yards. It's like so therapeutic to watch and it's so awesome. And I think that's a really great mentality to adapt of like really taking a lunch break and enjoying it. And again, not being reactive to anyone else. After your lunch break, do work bout number three. So now this is when you can be reactive or do admin stuff or collab stuff. So again, 90 minutes to 120 minutes. This is when you can answer texts, answer emails, jump on meetings, schedule calls. This is typically in the afternoon. And it's now the time that you have gotten everything that you wanted to get done done. And now you're able to be accessible and respond to other people's to-do lists. Typically when people will text us and they need something from us, it's because they are trying to get something accomplished on their to-do list. And I just want to say it is totally not normal to be accessible to other people 24 seven. This is a very new thing. Like if we didn't have phones and we didn't have email and we needed something from someone else, you would either have to like show up at their house and tell them. And can you imagine if a text message was like someone showing up at your house every single time they needed something from you? It's just simply not normal, but we've normalized it so much that if we don't answer a text message right away, we're like a horrible person. And if we don't do someone else's to-do list for them right the second that they ask, we are stubborn and we're selfish and we're like not accommodating. And whether you want to subscribe to that narrative or not, It's not normal to be so accessible to other people 24 seven. So if you typically answer other people's text messages and emails later in the afternoon, it's instilling a boundary and people will learn very quickly that when you, that when they text you, they probably won't hear back from you until the afternoon and their expectations will very quickly change. And they will learn that when they text you at 10 AM needing something that they'll probably get a reply at 2 PM. And that's just going to have to work. And that's just how it is. And it's going to be okay. The world will continue to turn. People will adjust very quickly. So bout number three of work is again, 90 to 120 minutes of being reactive, answering text messages, emails, jumping on calls, meetings, et cetera, all those sorts of things. Then you take another break. This can be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it might be. Have a snack, call a friend, go for a walk, do the dishes, like literally do anything that you want. You can go to the post office. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Then bout number four, this is step 13, bout number four of work if you need it. I tend to only need three bouts a day, one being the big thing, two being admin work, and then three being like uh, collaborative 
am I saying that word right? I don't think I am. Reactive stuff, um, answering texts, emails, stuff like that. I don't always need four bouts of work in a day, but if I do, this is when I take it. Um, but otherwise, if you don't need it, then your work day is done. Just because the normal work day is eight hours doesn't mean that you need to be working all eight hours. If you're efficient and you get the big stuff done every day and you feel really good at the end of the day that you really are like, you know what? I did everything I could today to progress my career. I feel really good about it. Then you're done work. You don't need to create more small to do's to accomplish if there's nothing more to be done or if you could just do it tomorrow during work as well. So if you have no more work to do during bout number four of your day, then this is a great time for hobbies, for self-exploration. Maybe this is when you work out if you're a night worker outer, or if you joined a book club, this is when you can go to book club. If you're dating, like this is when you can go on dates. This is really when you can do whatever you want. If you are done your work day or um, you could work and finish up the loose ends. So that's number 13. Number 14 is dinner. I love cooking dinner. I love the ritual of dinner. I love having the whole like I'm done part of my day. And dinner is like that signal, just like how washing my face in the beginning of the day is like the signal that like the day is beginning. Dinner is a signal that like I'm done for the day. So whether I'm cooking dinner or I'm going out to dinner or I'm getting takeout for dinner, dinner is a signal. Like I really try to not work after dinner. I dim the lights, I put on a show and I cook. The day's done. I have nothing left to give work-wise. And even if I do, I'll just write it down for tomorrow and the world will have to be okay with that. I change into really comfy clothes and I wind down. This could also be when you meet up with friends for dinner and drinks and like be very social during like the whole dinner time. Number 15 is I relax. I watch a show, I read a book, I hang out with my boyfriend or friends and I just chill. And then number 16 is I go to bed. And then I rinse and repeat the next day. So this ensures that everything important gets done and all the small things get hit too, but not all the small things might get hit every single day. And that's just going to have to be okay. I hit everything important to me. And if I didn't get it done today, maybe I can get it done tomorrow. But the big things are important and that's truly what matters. This routine is one that I feel really works and is a really great template to structuring your day. And it's one that I really believe in. I honestly use this every single day without intending to when it comes to my work. I always try and schedule breaks. I always try and schedule the big things first. Um, Not every day is perfect. Not every day is like this. Sometimes I do some small tasks before a big one if I just like really want to get it out of the way. But for the most part, I try and stick to this as best I can. And I found that I've been able to accomplish a lot while doing this um, method. And I really enjoy how my workday is structured when I do this. So guys, give this a try. Let me know what you think of this episode. And that's all that I have for you today. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening to Manifest with Tori Desimone. I appreciate you guys so much. Be sure to follow the podcast, rate the podcast, watch it on YouTube and on Instagram and share it with your friends, put on your story. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have an amazing Monday. Happy Manifest Monday. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.